And she was sharing how much the Holy Spirit has been dealing with a particular issue in her life. And so this is great to know that God is speaking to us and that we are identifying and recognizing his voice and not shunning it but pursuing it and embracing it and walking with him. Amen. So let's begin this morning with prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you. That the speaking of the Holy Spirit did not stop at the end of the first century when the Bible was completed. But that you're still speaking to us today. You're still communicating. You're still giving us leading. You're still very actively involved on a very personal and intimate and daily basis in our lives. Father, we thank you for this. Father, we thank you that we have the power of your presence. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that this word is not a word for those days, but it's a word for us today. Father, thank you for loving us so much, first, that you saved us, and secondly, that you're sanctifying us. Father, thank you for not just forgiving us, but clothing us with the very righteousness of your Son, so that as we are walking with you and cooperating and hearing your voice, that we are growing into the clothing day by day. And this robe of righteousness is becoming more form-fitted to us as we continue. Speak to us this morning. Continue to minister as you always do in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful to see you here this morning as we begin in chapters 1 to 9. We've already been learning about our propensity to sin. How many of you know that we all have an ever-increasing, never-diminishing, always-continuing propensity to sin. How many of us know that? We always, as long as we live in this body of sin, have this issue in us, every one of us. So we've been learning about our propensity to sin. We've been learning about God's forgiveness. We've learned about the indwelling power of God's Spirit, about our need and our ability to consistently submit to God and resist sin about our change being a lifelong and even a daily process and experience. That's what we've been learning. So in chapter 10, you know, we might believe this. We might think this because actually there are teachings out there that would emphasize this. Now we're going to share. Chester is finally going to tell us in chapter 10 that one secret which will cause us to actually Never sin again. Now, wouldn't it be great if there were a secret that God would tell us that we could initiate that we would stop sinning altogether? And perhaps he's going to tell us the secret. But he doesn't do so. Why? He doesn't give us any secrets. There's no private way. There's no secret way to overcome sin. Why doesn't he tell us? Because there is no secret way to experience change. We change Because we have been born again, and we know and are obeying God's will 
which is accomplished by our cooperation with God's indwelling spirit. That's how we change. So let's think about chapter 10 as we go through this morning this chapter in a pretty clipped way because I'd like to be able to spend perhaps the last 10 or 15 minutes to see if there are any testimonies concerning this. First of all, in chapter 10, Chester reminds us that we can change, that we can experience change because Christ has made us free. We are now free to be able to choose between obeying God and disobeying God. Before we were saved, we had no freedom in that context. We had free will, but the free will before we were saved only was within the context of sinning in various categories. We absolutely had no free will to obey God or to please God or to do anything according to the will and leading of the Holy Spirit because our hearts were hardened. We were dead in sin. So we had no free will. And so, you see, we've lived years and years with the experience of not being able to overcome sin, with the experience of always sin gaining the upper hand and stomping us down, and we were always losing until we were born again. And so what has happened now is that we realize I can actually now live a life that can begin to deal with my temptation in a way that I'm no longer overcome by and led through the hook of the nose, in the nose, by my temptation. You see, because Satan would love us to think as believers, you still can't have victory over your temptations. That's a lie. We can be free of the entangling mess of sin to the extent that we are hearing and obeying the voice of God. I didn't say free from all sin. But as we are experiencing and obey the voice of God in those issues that he makes known to us, we can live free. We can be overcoming temptation. You know, and in this, and I talk to a lot of people during the week, and there are many of you in here who have been in my office, <clears throat> and probably one of the main complaints I hear when it comes to dealing with the issues of sin in my life, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Now, how many of us will say it is hard? It is hard. It's difficult. In fact, it's the most difficult struggle in our life. This is the biggest battle in our life because our flesh simply does not want to be and will not be controlled by God except by a mighty move of the Holy Spirit with which we cooperate. In order for our flesh to obey, us to obey in this flesh, God's power by His Spirit must be applied to our hearts and our wills and our minds. It is difficult. It is hard. But being hard does not make it impossible because God is greater than what's difficult to us. Therefore, you see, we're in the battle of our lives. We know that. We're in the battle of our lives. We thought it was difficult and hard before we were saved when we were just dealing with issues on some kind of a natural basis. And once we were saved, all of a sudden we began to realize, I am living in enemy territory. How many of you realize that? Look in the mirror. I'm living in enemy territory. The enemy is right in the mirror. I'm the enemy. It's this body. It's this sin flesh. 
I'm living in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in wherever the most terrible place on earth would be. I'm living there right now as far as the spiritual battle is concerned. And there are IUDs everywhere, those mines. There are snipers everywhere. There are helicopters coming over all the time, continually bombarding, attacking, and shooting. We're living in the midst of the battle zone. You see, sin still holds on to us tenaciously. It won't let go easily, will it? Letting go only as we cooperate with God's power at work in us by the Spirit. How many of you have realized now that even sometimes with what we might call, I might call minor sins, that these things don't let go unless we fight, unless we come up and start slugging it out with our sin, unless we become aggressive, unless we become angry against our sin and begin to attack our sin as sin has attacked us. Because simply put, you and I will never be conformed to the image of Christ in a passive kind of a moving along, floating along way. This is a battle. And we may as well get it into our minds today. We are in the fight of our lives until we die. And it will never cease. It will continue and continue and continue until we go to heaven and get our new bodies. And so on pages 168 to 171, Chester is reminding us that change is a lifelong daily struggle. Now, isn't that good news? How many of you want the news? We want the news. We can change. Hallelujah. I'm going to change. Hallelujah. It's going to take the rest of my life in unrelenting battle. <laughs> Couldn't you give us a little more hope and the more positive? No. Because if you want the battle of sin to stop in your life, you must die and be translated out of this body. Otherwise, the battle with sin will continue and even intensify and will morph into various areas. If there's an issue of sin in your life and God has graciously dealt with this with your cooperation and really hammered it and dealt with it and it's been overcome, you may think, whew, whew, man, now I'm going to be okay. You take one step and all of a sudden you find 22 more just like that. Anybody experience that? And so those 22 are dealt with. Whew, open the door and there are 44 others. I mean, the thing gets bigger and bigger and bigger because the landscape of our sin is enormous. I remember in my life, there was an issue in my life that God had to take me and drag me through what I will tell you was hell. And once he dealt with it, I naively thought, man, I'm glad that's over. It's going to be better, Jody. It's going to be better. But you see, remember Israel when they crossed the Jordan and they came to that big city called Jericho? 
and they stomped it down. Remember, the Holy Spirit leveled the walls through their obedience. Remember the seven days of trumpets and Latin. Wow, once it's over, whew, wow, whoa. The promised land is going to be ours. We're going in and we're just walking through. It's going to be a cakewalk. Look, AI, we just conquered New York City. AI, like West Wego, we're just going to send a few thousand people, a couple of three thousand people, send them over there. Let's clean that thing up because this is going to be an easy deal. And they got hurt bad. And for the next seven years, they had battle after battle after battle. See, Jericho was just a stronghold at the entrance to the land. And when that was overcome, all of a sudden the Lord said, Now, you didn't see all the others. Look at all the others. That's our lives. But don't let this be disappointing to you nor debilitating or overcoming you. Because every time there's a battle there is the opportunity for God to show himself greater than any of our sin. Amen? Absolutely. So first, change is a lifetime task. The battle before us will be long and difficult, but the victory at the end is worth it all. Listen to what Paul says at the end of his life. Listen to what he says. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. These are strenuous words. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day the crown of righteousness. And not only to me, but also to all, to all those who love his appearing. Is the victory and the goal worth the battle? Is it worth it? It's difficult. But is it too difficult to give in to it? No. Because the reward of God's honor, the reward of God's rewarding us, makes the battle well worth it. You see, although we will not reach a place of perfection, there's not going to be any of us who can say, I no longer practice sin. It's not going to happen. But we won't reach a place of perfection, but we can and we should be progressively moving toward that goal. Never have this attitude in your mind. Well, I'm always going to sin. I never will overcome all my sin. Therefore, and I'm not going to press forward as much. No. Though there be millions and billions of sins ahead of me, we want to have the attitude that one by one we will take the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit and we will march into this land cutting down these things one by one. So no matter how much is out there, we're going to do our part in presenting ourselves to God on this side so that on that side He can say, Son, daughter, you allow me to bring you to a place of conformity to the image of Jesus with which I am pleased. So church, let's not give up. Let's become more battle aggressive, more tenacious than sin is, more passionate than the devil is in overcoming these issues. We're going to be moving toward the goal. Remember the 
Michelangelo's David. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's that statue of David in the marble. It's a wonderful statue. It's an incredible statue. Michelangelo's David. This sculptor, Michelangelo, took a huge piece of marble, a big old block of marble, and over a long period of time, he had an image in his mind. God has an image in his mind that we should be as his son. And Michelangelo, over years and years of work, chipping away, chiseling, 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 what was he doing? As one person said, he wasn't chiseling the marble away. He was releasing David who had been captive by all this non-David marble. Do you know what I mean by that? All the marble that wasn't of David was being chiseled and smoothed away. So finally, over a continual process of diligence and literally hammering it out one piece at a time, maybe a chunk would fall off that was bigger than others, but a lot of little bitty pieces just and finally this masterpiece appeared. Why? You see, the task was difficult, but the reward made it all worthwhile. The task was difficult. And I'm sure there are days when this man woke up and he said, you know, I just don't want to go to the job today. I just want to sleep in. You know, I mean, it's so early in the morning to go to class on Sunday morning. You know, it's so difficult to get the kids up. I had a hard day yesterday. We know that. But he persisted. He persisted. And David came forth. Isn't that what God is doing with us? Through the hammer and chisel of the Holy Spirit, because of the love of God, he is chiseling away at our sin, which has encased us and is releasing the image of his son from within. You see, it's a difficult task, but the reward made it worth it all. David was finally perfected, and so shall we be on that day. You see, it's because of that day it's because of the result on that day. It's the reward on that day. It's the accomplishment on that day that keeps us this day moving forward toward that day, hammering out with the power of the Holy Spirit, cooperating with God's work of chiseling away at any and everything that would mar the image of Christ in us. It's that day. Where God himself on that great day will be fully and finally and forever vindicated in the resurrection of his family before him forever. That will be the fullness of the vindication of God to all creation that he is the Lord. When we stand before him on that day. So this day we live this way for that day. Change is not only a lifetime process, it's a daily task. It's a daily task. How many of you just sometimes, I do, get tired of resisting sin? Anybody in here just get tired of resisting thoughts, attitudes, feelings? Anybody at all get tired of that? Anybody get weary? Only a few of you get weary? Could the rest of you come help us who are getting weary? 
I get tired. Every day, when you wake up, every day. Can't Satan take a vacation and go somewhere for at least a week? Man, you'd think he'd be tired of this. Every day we wake up, he's like this. He never tires. He never sleeps. He continually plots. And while we're, th- we're sleeping, he's getting ready for the next morning, planning strategies against us. Do we need to be imbued with the Holy Spirit? Do we need to be imbued with the Word of God? Do we need to be imbued with prayer? Absolutely, or we're going to get hurt on that day. It's a- every day, day by day. You see, David, this statue was perfected because the artist persisted day by day. The daily discipline of attacking the marble, no matter what the difficulty. Every day. And in God's sculpturing of this marble, think of yourself as marble. I know some of you think of yourself as marvelous. So think of yourself as marble. There is no inertia. Do you know what I mean by this? Michelangelo's hitting the chisel on Monday, getting up Tuesday, he couldn't say, well, look, I made 532 chisel strokes and did that much work yesterday. I think that work will kind of take me through today. The work he did yesterday was for yesterday. The work he does today is for today. And yesterday's work cannot be dependent upon for today's work. There is a place where we're getting stronger. There is a place where we're growing. There is all that place. But the issue of battling against sin and resisting temptation and being aware of what Satan's doing and submitting ourselves to God must continue day by day. There is nothing that will kind of carry us through for a few days. We'll just coast. What we overcame yesterday will not carry us into tomorrow. Each day the battle must be renewed and continued. Isn't this exciting news? It is really, isn't it? Let's look at the quote on page 170 in your book. Hopefully you brought your book. This will be the last time you'll have to do this. Chester's quote on page 170, at the top of the page, he says this. In the battle for holiness, well, sorry, the battle for holiness is made up of what Horatio Barna calls daily littles. It's not given to many of us to make life and death choices for our Savior. Not many will be called on to, act, to, to recant or to be martyred. For us, the battle is made up of thousands of little moments, choices between self and service. Isn't this true? Thousands of little moments. We fall not when we face death, but when we face a traffic jam. Now, see, I'm not like that. See, when I face a traffic jam, I sit there as an angelic being, a fallen angelic being. It's too easy to imagine ourselves as strong Christians who would stand firm in the face of persecution while every day we let sinful desires control us. We imagine ourselves winning the great battles when all the time we're losing the daily littles. But the daily littles are the stuff of the battle. Look at the first sentence of the next paragraph. 
we must always be on a war footing. We must always be on a war footing. And I think in this room, hopefully every one of us are being convinced by the Holy Spirit that we have to be on a war footing. The concern I would have is what about the rest of the church? Are we all as a church on this war footing? And I think for many, I don't know for most, but for many, this is not our attitude. We are in a battle. Waging, and Sam Ebire said this years ago, I've always loved it, violent war against sin. I like that. Because that's the way you win. You wage violent war against sin. We must adopt the war mentality. Remember what 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded. Why? Because there is an adversary prowling about out there who wants one thing, to devour you and devour me. On page 171, Chester tells us two facts about biblical change. Then he reminds us not to lose hope on page 172. You can go ahead and read those on your own if you would then I can change. I can change. How many of you know that God has done everything necessary to give us the ability to change? How many of you really know that? Everything necessary God has done to give us the ability, the power, the wherewithal, everything to change, to overcome sin. Everything. There's not a sin that we cannot in His power with him, hearing him, cooperating with him, walking with him, depending upon him, that we cannot, in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot have victory. There's not a sin. I don't care how long the issue has been in your life, and your mama's life, and your grandma's life, or your grandpa's life, or thousands of generations have had this strain of sin in your family, in you as a believer, it can be broken. It can be broken. Let's have this attitude, I can change. You see, this is a most important truth that Satan wants to keep from us. I can change. And not only can I change, I can change a lot. You know, many people think, well, I know I can change a few things here and there. But what about I can change totally to the extent that God desires me to change? I can change in massive areas of sin. I can change in massive areas of maturity. I can change and so can you. Why? Because we have God's promise and we have God's presence and we have God's power. Can you change? Can't hear you. Can you change? Yes. Let's have that attitude. I can change. Stop being beaten down by that liar. I can change. Think of the worst thing, the most difficult thing, the most captivating issue in your heart, in your mind. Think about it. Look at it face to face. Go right up to it like Jesus did in Lazarus when that tomb was open, and he went right up to the face of death itself in that dark cave. He went right up to that cave, and he snorted, Lazarus, come forth. He says, I'm going to show you death who is in charge here and who is a mighty God. Let us be that way. Why? Because we have a Savior who is that way. This is no wimpy God we have here. We have a battle God on our hands and in us. I can change. 
Why can I change? Remember what Galatians 2.20 says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live by the faith in the Son of God, I forgot it. There it goes. It went right out of my The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. I can change. 1 John, well, uh, Romans 6.2, what does it say? We have died to sin's mastery. Sin no longer has capability of mastering me. It can't do it unless I let it. We've been freed from the old master, and we have a new master, Jesus Christ. You see, we're free to change, to be conformed to the image of God's Son. That David that is within us can and will emerge. Do you think Michelangelo looked at this, and when he looked at that marble, he said, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to try. How many of you think... Michelangelo looked at that marble and he says, I'm going to try. How many of you thought, think he said that? Or how many of you think he said this? I'm going to do it. Which one do you think he did? You see, I never try to stop sinning. I stopped that years ago. I'm trying. Because the day you try to stop sinning, you will sin. Don't try to stop sinning. Stop. I'm trying to do my homework. No, do it. I'm trying to eat my broccoli. Well, maybe I can give credence to that. Let me think. <laughs> Has to be a better illustration than broccoli. <laughs> no such thing as trying Jesus. No such thing. I have a new nature. Do you? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anybody have, not have a new nature? If you're saved, I have the power of God. 1 John 4, 4, he who is in me in us is what? What? I can't even hear you people. Y'all have mouths. Sing it out. He who is in us is what? Greater than he who is in the world. Come on, you can raise your voice in here. Maybe not in the sanctuary so much, but in here we can. He's greater. But what if we don't overcome every temptation? Proverbs 24, 16 says, when the righteous man falls down, he gets up. He falls down seven times, what do he do? He gets up. The fact of the matter is, because we still live in fallible bodies, we are going to fail from time to time. But I've learned this. When I fail, I get up as quickly as I realize I fail. I confess that to God. I run to God for power. I ask him, show me how I fail, where I fail, why I fail, whatever, and move along in a battle zone. Don't let a failure put you down. If you fail once, you're not back 15 years ago. You're just where you fell off. You get right back up, and you keep moving along. Amen? See, the devil wants to play with us on these things. 174, I will change. Here it is. Our need to apply our ability. I will change. As we submit to God, we must resist every temptation with the Holy Spirit empowered. No. Sin cannot withstand such resistance. So not only I can change, but what? What should be now our, is it okay to say the word mantra? I think there's certain things we can say. I not only can change, I what? I will change. Look, church, this needs to be your attitude. I will change and I am changing. Can you say it? I will change and I am changing. 
This isn't a mind thing. This is a cooperation with the power of the Holy Spirit, recognizing that God is actually doing something in me. I'm recognizing, cooperating, and walking with the literal changing work of God in my life. I, Peter Davidson, am changing, not as quickly as Gene would like it, but I am changing. I am changing. I'm not the same man I used to be, and I'm not yet the same man I ought to be. But by God's grace, I am still changing. And let me tell you this, I will continue to change. Will you also? Yes. I'm going to do it. Well, the devil's going to challenge And we're going to have to get this attitude. Come on, because you will find that the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than you, Satan. Come on, you have to get some guts and backbone to yourself. We're in a battle. We're not just sitting around kind of sipping tea. We're in a battle against sin. It's destroying people, destroying families, destroying, killing people, destroying things. How many of you know that sin is destructive? How many of you have figured out and experienced in your family, your life, the destructiveness of sin? If you have, raise your hand. Look, everybody. Satan, uh, cancer can't do it. Only sin destroys relationships. Nothing in the world destroys relationships except sin. Nothing. Sin. Every relationship that is destroyed has a difficulty, has problems, has challenges. It's always because of sin. Listen to this last thing. There's hope for change. Thank God there's hope. That hope is not in counselors or methods or rules. Thank God you don't have to depend on this man for your change. That hope is a great and gracious Savior who has broken the power of sin and places life-giving spirit in our hearts. He calls us to look beyond the lies of sin to the glory of God. He calls us to believe by faith that God is bigger and better than anything sin offers. He calls us to turn in repentance from the idolatrous desires of our hearts that enslave and corrode to find true and lasting and satisfying joy in God. Our gracious Savior who died for us while we were still God's enemies invites us with confidence to draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I can and I will, and I am changing. Now, we have about seven or eight or so minutes left. If anyone would like to, a short testimony, and we really mean short, to give somebody, a couple of people a change. Is there anyone you'd like to testify? What? What scripture was that? Matthew 15. Jesus before Pilate. Jesus before Pilate. Mm-hmm. It says, Early in the morning, in the, morning the chief priests went with the elders and teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin yeah. reached a decision and yeah. bound Jesus and led him and yeah. handed him over to Pilate. That's right. That's right. Now, Porter, if I let you come up here, I don't want you to dominate all morning. Come on up. I went to Diane South. I don't know what day it was this week. I was visiting around. I have to admit, this is a delightful lady. Is this on? See if you can speak. See if that says anything. Wait, keep going. Keep going. 
It's on here. Ah, I think it's on. I think that the greatest thing. Wait, 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 hold on. I think that the greatest thing that I've learned throughout my whole Christian experience I've learned in the last two or three years, but um, the fact that change is a daily task, that there's no inertia, what we overcame yesterday will not carry us into tomorrow has been made ever so real to me. I mean, God performed the most miraculous things that, I mean, he raised me from the dead last year. But that was last year. <laughs> Today is another day, and I still have to fight the fight, the good fight of faith, and I still have to walk in what he's given me, and I have to change daily, and I have to get the things out of my way that keep me from the most intimate relationship with God that I can have. Okay? She, she's, the head of the, she's the head of the hoodat women. Come on, Burns. Rhonda. I'll hold it for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know, but I need to speak to you. Anyway. We can do that privately. No, 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 no ahead, I'm sorry. Ahead. You're not going to like me for this, but that's okay. Anyway. You know, Peter always said gratitude not expressed is not gratitude. And, you know, what happened was is that I was kept thinking, and when Keith made a comment last, last week about a testimony, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I'm just not there yet. Um, but what I want to say to you, Peter, is that God, God honors those who are obedient. And I want to thank you for what your obedience and what you have done. You have demonstrated something to us that... Um, your passion for the glory of God, your transparency. Um, you're an encourager like Barnabas. And um, I am so ever so grateful for that. I have learned so much from you in this battle against sin. And you have always encouraged people to move on and press on. I love you. I thank you. I know everybody does. But that's my testimony. And it's a battle right now just to be up here because the enemy did not want me to be up here as I am shaking, which is ridiculous. Thank you. AJ, what? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Got... Nope. I didn't hear you. Mike said something louder than you did. L, this will be the last one. Linda will be the last one. Most of you don't know this, but I'm a procrastinator. Now, my mother is a witness to that, and she will hold up her hand first to admit that I'm a procrastinator. I have been my whole life. That's my prevailing sin. If I can put something off till next week, I will. And if I can put it off longer than that, I'll put it off longer than that. It, 
it is a sin pattern that I've battled all my life. But I can tell you that I am overcoming that by the power of the Spirit. I can tell you that I'm not the procrastinator I used to be. I am not yet one who never procrastinates, but I don't put things off. I, when I hear God say something, I don't use excuses for not doing it. I obey, and I've found such joy in that, that procrastinating now is a bad taste in my mouth, not something that I lean on. And that is, an, is a miraculous change in my life. Thank you, girl. Thank you. <clears throat> you know, we, we know there are, many, there are many testimonies, there are many things that, I see that. There are many testimonies. God is changing us. Let's take what we've learned here and not just consign it to a Sunday school class, but let's consign this to a way of life. Every day, as we study the word, as we pray, as we come together in services like this, as we wake up in the morning, as we walk, let's ask for, expect, and actually hear the voice of the Lord Jesus. And when he speaks to us, no matter what it is, let's do what he says to do. And there's going to be that counter voice. But the Holy Spirit is excellent in identifying the source. And God will be glorified in our change. Thank you so much. Next week we have our prayer time. Please, please be back with us for prayer next week. Please do that. Thank you so much.